Welcome back to Unedited. So recently I finished watching the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie I watched more than 10 years ago. And yeah, only just recently did I watch um, the rest of the movies, starting with the Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Um, why I wanted to watch them is because previously I had watched the Friday the 13th movies and I had kind of reached the end of that run and I wanted to watch Freddy vs. Jason so I thought I couldn't really watch it unless I kind of watched all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies just to, I don't know, fully grasp both characters and their kind of popularity. Um, they were never really characters I was interested in uh, like I mentioned in my previous podcasts, I'm not that much into, like, kind of slasher movies. Um, I guess the kind of closest thing that would come to those um, that I have watched would be Child's Play movies, which I, I kind of enjoyed, uh, the first few anyway. Um, Candyman. Um, I enjoyed the Candyman movies quite a lot. And... Um, I guess you can kind of consider Alien and Predator movies in a similar vein, but kind of better made. And I'm more of a sci-fi person anyway. Um, but yeah, just watching a review on Red Letter Media, they were reviewing the Friday the 13th movies, and it just kind of got me interested to uh, visit those movies for the first time so if you want to hear what i thought about those movies you can listen to the two previous podcasts that i did um this podcast i'll talk about the nightmare on elm street series uh, it's been 10 years since i watched the first movie and i didn't rewatch it uh i've, I've at the, I remember at the time when I watched it, I thought like once is enough, yeah. And I, I just kind of got, I got the character and what the the movie and probably what the sequels would be about. Um, so I watched a Nightmare on Elm Street two, and my first instinct is that it was very refreshing after watching the Friday the Thirteenth series. Um, with the paper thin characters in those movies, basically teenagers who want to get laid and get killed instead. Um, but kind of Nightmare on Elm Street 2 starts off with a teenage character who's kind of recently moved to the neighborhood. He's going through some issues. And most of those issues seem to be dealing with uh, the nightmares he's having uh, he, he's kind of getting involved with a girl um, he has this kind of um, friend at school who's not his friend at first but he's kind of like antagonizing him all the time but they slowly kind of develop and build their friendship during the movie so I thought it's really refreshing to have richer characters I, I don't know if that's saying much um when you compare them to the Friday the 13th series but um at least I felt the characters were 
developed and um, ones that I were interested in, um, ones that I can kind of get behind, um, that I kind of maybe cared about what happened to. Uh, actually, I think uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is probably my favorite of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, tree, tree is not bad. Um, four is okay. Five and six, um, I, I thought they're very weak. Uh, I think five is the worst, and definitely uh, six is not far behind it. And then the seventh movie, um, six is Freddy's dead. And then seventh movie is actually, it, it, I, it's, it's difficult to judge because I, I kind of appreciate it on the fact that it's not a sequel in a sense. It It's kind of a weird but interesting concept that Freddy um, is a movie character and the the evil spirit that uh, possesses the the image of the character of Freddy Krueger comes into our world into the real world and starts killing the actors uh, that were actually in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies to begin with. And you, you see Robert England, and you see Wes Craven. And I just thought that's a very interesting concept. It, it's a little bit of a, a mind, a mind screw. Um, but as a concept, I appreciate that they did try to do something new. And I did think it's um, a well-directed movie. Uh, I think Freddy Krueger is a bit scarier in this movie. That's that's kind of why I didn't really like um, the later Nightmare on Elm Street movies, like in particular 5 and 6, because they're just kind of ridiculous. And Freddy Krueger is just kind of a comedic character in them almost, with kind of a lot of one-liners, which probably kind of started maybe around the third movie with kind of the welcome to primetime line. Um, so yeah, I didn't like the way that the character of Freddy Krueger evolved. Um, but, you know, between Freddy and Jason, I think I like Jason a little bit more. Uh, like Freddy Krueger is well played. And yeah, Robert Englund is is excellent as Freddy Krueger, but um, like I said, it just the character just kind of becomes ridiculous in the later sequels. Uh, Jason never really becomes ridiculous. Um, his character remains the same. Maybe the the origin and the kind of supernatural side 
that later kind of develops in the Friday the 13th movies is a little bit silly, but the kind of character remains true to who he was in the second movie, even though that's not really much of a character because he's just a silent walking killer. But um, I kind of like the evolution. I like how he's not in the first movie. He's only in the first movie at the very end as a child. And second movie, he's kind of wearing a bag over his head. And then he gets the hockey mask in the uh, third movie. And then in the fourth movie, he's killed. And then in the fifth movie, it's like a copycat killer. And then in the sixth movie, he comes back, but as a kind of like a zombie. And then, yeah, he kind of goes on like that in the kind of more unkillable monster from that point. And it does kind of get ridiculous with Jason X. But um, yeah, I like that part of his kind of style change and um, how they figure out ways to resurrect uh, Jason. It were kind of like in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, he's killed, but he always comes back. As for Freddy versus Jason, it's it's a fine movie. It's it's okay. It's not great. Um, it's it's nothing wonderful. It's on the same level of Alien versus Predator. Um, not amazing, but I I think you get your money's worth. Um, I think fans of both series would enjoy it, and it's definitely one of the better movies of both both of those series. Um, like I said before, my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movies are probably Part Three, where kind of Jason becomes the kind of iconic Jason that we're all familiar with when he puts on the hockey mask, and I kind of like the that the treaty. Even though I didn't watch it in 3D, but I just kind of like, I get nostalgic for those kind of uh, 3D movies that aren't really 3D, to be honest, just like things very close to the screen. And uh, I enjoyed part uh, five, even though technically it wasn't the real Jason, but I kind of liked the mystery behind it, who did it, and kind of... Um, we're expecting maybe Tommy Jarvis to be Jason, and that was kind of an interesting story. Part six uh, is very well shot, so I like part six, although maybe the, the story is less interesting for me, and it becomes a bit kind of too wink-wink and kind of becoming self-aware of itself, and that's kind of where the, the series kind of goes off from. Uh, as for the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, definitely two I enjoyed a lot. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I know a lot of people don't seem to like the movies, and it seems to be kind of ignored in the series in general, but I enjoyed it. Um, it mm, after two, I say three is pretty good as well. Uh, four is okay. Um, Five and six are terrible. Seven is interesting, like I said. Um, 
it, it, it has the merit of uh, the idea, although maybe not so well executed. Uh, and then, yeah, I think uh, Freddy versus Jason is kind of up there. Um, it is very much uh, a Hollywood movie when it gets to Freddy versus Jason. Um, there's something missing um, in the production quality. It's a very uh, kind of late 90s, early 2000s movie. You know, you, you just you just feel the even like the characters are all very different. Some teenagers are kind of thinking about getting plastic surgery and you're just kind of like in a different era. But uh, if you like the Friday the 13th movies or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and you haven't seen Freddy vs. Jason, then uh, definitely check it out. The one thing about it was that it was uh, seemingly a successful movie, but they never made a sequel to it. Um, and I, I remember Kevin Smith once saying on one of his podcasts that he was kind of approached or kind of like not really approached, but kind of asked about like, did he want to do a movie with Jay and Silent Bob and the kind of new monsters? So Jay and it would be kind of like Abbott and Costello, but instead it would be the Martin Nero era monsters like Freddy, Jason, maybe maybe Michael from Halloween. Uh, Maybe Pinhead, uh, it depends who they could get the rights to, but that might have been kind of a fun concept to to have seen on screen. Uh, I haven't watched the remakes of Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm not really interested to. I think I've, I've seen the ones that are ingrained in the pop culture, um, like since I was a child you kind of knew who Freddy Krueger was and you're kind of familiar with Friday the 13th and uh, Jason to some extent. So I'm kind of glad to um, check that box of movie history, movie nostalgia that I was aware of but I had never actually watched. Uh, recently, I watched the movie Frankenstein Conquers the World, also known as Frankenstein vs. Baragon. It's a 1965 Toho monster movie or kaiju film, and it was directed by Ishiro Honda, who also directed the very first Godzilla movies, and he did um, a couple of other Godzilla movies as well. Uh, the history behind this movie, I thought, is interesting. So it's been on my watch list for a while. Um, I, I it does have a sequel. Um, if if I were to re recommend you to watch it, I might say watch uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, Frankenstein conquers the world, and the sequel, The War of the Gargantuas, which I haven't watched yet, but uh, I will get around to watching it soon because uh, it it's kind of a loose sequel to this. And yeah, why I recommend like watch those three movies together is because 
story elements in each movie are taken from the script, uh, which was King Kong versus Frankenstein or uh, King Kong versus Prometheus, uh, which was written by Willis O'Brien, who worked on the very first King Kong movie also. Uh, so he sold that script to Toho, who uh, wanted to have King Kong fight Godzilla. Originally, it was going to be Frankenstein versus Godzilla, but they maybe they want they wanted to do uh, King Kong. Uh, so if you if you've seen King Kong versus Godzilla, uh, the structure of that script. Uh, was basically meant for Frankenstein. So there might be some strange instances where I think uh, King Kong has kind of lightning powers or electricity. So I think that originally that was intended for uh, Frankenstein's monster. Uh, in Willis's O'Brien script for uh, King Kong versus Frankenstein, uh, what was going to happen was that Frankenstein's brain was going to be placed into another body. This was kind of a giant body that was made out of different uh, animal parts or the most powerful animals in the in the jungle kind of sewn together like the original monster was sewn from human parts. This monster would be sewn from animal parts and he would fight King Kong eventually. Uh, so in Frankenstein Conquers the World, that uh, element is uh, kind of repurposed instead of Frankenstein's, the um, we were just going to say Frankenstein's brain, because uh, in, in this movie they just call him Frankenstein. They don't call him Frankenstein's monster. Um, Frankenstein's brain is not the element of this movie. In this movie, the element is Frankenstein's heart. And has a very interesting opening because the, the movie opens during World War Two, and it's nine. Uh, it's in Nazi Germany. Um, the Nazi officers kind of uh, confiscate the heart of Frankenstein's monster, and it gets passed to the Japanese Imperial Navy, who are doing research on it in. Hiroshima and at that time a nuclear bomb is dropped on Hiroshima and the city is destroyed uh, and presumably presumably people think the heart is destroyed as well uh, it cuts to 15 years later and people kind of see a, a, a boy running around the streets of Hiroshima and uh, kind of eventually we, f we find out uh, that this boy is actually grown from the irradiated heart of uh, Frankenstein's monster. So the boy has grown from the heart. It's kind of has regenerative, regenerative qualities. Uh, and then boy he keeps getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. And eventually he grows to such a size that uh, he has to be locked up, but um, he escapes, of course, and 
there is kind of uh, parts of Japan which are, which are kind of being attacked or they're having some kind of um, calamity or earthquake and they believe that this Frankenstein is responsible for it. But actually it's another monster called Baragon which is destroying these kind of towns and cities and causing this devastation. But nobody sees this monster until the end. And the, the Baragon monster is kind of Godzilla light. Uh, it's kind of a, a dinosaur monster that crawls on all fours. Um, he has something like radioactive breath, but a very lame version of Godzilla. Uh, the film does have three alternate endings. Um, spoilers, if you don't want to be spoiled for the ending. So there's uh, slightly different versions of the, the movie because there's the American version and I think there's the Japanese version. I think I watched the American version. In that version, uh, Frankenstein fights Baragon. He kills the monster Baragon. But at the very end, the ground beneath him collapses, perhaps caused by the, the Baragon monster who drills holes underground. And it seems that Black Frankenstein is lost. That's the version I watched. Uh, there's another version where it's almost exactly the same ending, except uh, Frankenstein kills the monster, but this time Frankenstein doesn't fall through the ground. Um, he survives and he's standing on top of the mountain or, and people are kind of looking on out towards him uh, as the anti-hero he is. Uh, then another alternate ending, which I think was not used. Um, perhaps it was filmed for an international release, but I don't know. Um, was it was it seen in other countries or was it something that was never seen until whatever DVD release? Uh, a giant octopus, which was not in the movie at all. And it's like it's the, like the last two minutes of the movie. A giant octopus comes out of the sea, um, grabs Frankenstein and drags him back into the sea, uh, supposedly killing him or putting him out of the game for the moment at least. Uh, which is a really strange ending. Like, where did that come from? Uh, I guess they maybe wanted a more exciting or a little bit more action at the end, but uh, I don't know, why, why don't they use the octopus more if, if in the rest of the movie, if that was the idea? So I guess why that was used is perhaps it was going to be uh, part of a, the sequel for War of the Gargantuas, again, which I haven't watched, but I think there's a giant octopus in that as well. So yeah, I'll have to watch that movie next to see. And like these, these movies are not great. Uh, if you're a fan of Toho monster movies, uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy them no matter what. But uh, even out of the, the Toho monster movies, they're not the strongest among them. But I, I do find it interesting that you have a classic character like Frankenstein's monster um, in the Toho monster universe series. 
it, it is interesting to watch and see how they handle the the character in much the same way like i'm sure people were interested in how america handled godzilla in their remake of the movie um we don't know where this frankenstein's heart came from uh in my own mind i, I would like to link it to the universal monster series um if you're going by abbott versus abbott, abbott and costello um meet frankenstein then like frankenstein i think was on fire and he fell into the water maybe the his heart was retrieved from there um yeah i wouldn't link the continuity with uh, hammer horror frankenstein maybe you could it seems that the uh, other main characters in the movie are familiar with frankenstein as if they had read mary shelley's frankenstein but it seems to be that the book is not a work of what not a work of fiction but uh, a work of non-fiction that seems to be the impression which i kind of enjoy i like them uh thinking of the character in that way like is there a real real character uh so yeah next one i'm gonna watch is war of the gargantuas and uh yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that next time too. Last time I recommended the movie called The Doberman, which is the 1997 French movie. Uh, it's starring Vincent Castle. Monica Bellucci is also in it. Uh, it's a pretty out there movie. Uh, it's a little bit wacky and crazy, uh, but I love the action in it. It's a highly entertaining action movie in the way that um, you might feel that The Matrix is a very entertaining action movie. It's kind of in the same vein. Of course, it's not on the same budget as The Matrix. Uh, they don't have as much effects, but it is very uh, creatively and uh, visually stimulating to watch. So I think if you're interested in those type of movies, definitely Doberman is kind of an interesting one to uh, add to that list uh, basic story is about kind of a, a bank robber and his gang uh, were very successful robbing banks and the police can't stop them so they kind of uh, allow a morally bankrupt uh, policeman to uh, track down Doberman I hadn't actually realized that it's uh, based on a comic. Uh, I haven't read the comic book. Uh, I only discovered recently that it was based on a comic book. Uh, I guess that's why it, it is as as visually interesting as it is. Um, and like I said, the action really ramps up, especially towards the end. It gets pretty, uh, like I said, crazy. Um, a little bit of dark humor, but... Uh, Definitely a film that I enjoy watching. I think if you're into yeah dark humor, uh, off the wall action, uh, this is definitely one you should watch. There was supposed to be a sequel to this. I don't know what happened. 
uh, I cannot find any news about it at all. So I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to happen. I think they mentioned the sequel back in 2011, something like that, um, which was nine years ago. Uh, there's been nothing about it since. Uh, I can't find any reason why. It just hasn't happened. Uh, but again, like, you know, Vincent Castle and Monica Bellucci are kind of have bigger star power in the US so maybe they don't have that time uh, to go back and make it um, it's a shame but then again maybe the movie we got is just perfect as it is and it doesn't need a sequel the next movie I would like to recommend is a movie called nowhere to hide it's a 1999 Korean movie and it was directed by Lee Myung-sae. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, so we will uh, talk about that next time. Uh, I hope you have a nice week and take care.